Hi. <laughs> What's up? Well, not much. I uh, just the other day I was listening to music and I I somehow ended up on like a song from the early two thousands that came up and it recommend you know how like music programs will recommend another artist or a song to listen to that's like similar to what you were just listening to kind of thing. Yes. It recommended me listening to J.C. Chazé, who is, you know, one of the singers from NSYNC. And I had forgotten about his solo music. And oh, yeah. so uh, have been enjoying uh, Blowing Me Up With Her Love. Uh, oh, and it's just such a, like, relic of its time from, like, the early 2000s. Like, it's got, like, the drum line and the... Uh, just, it's it's so... Such a moment. So I encourage you to go listen to it when you have a second. But I should. I remember that. (laughs) Speaking of a a product of its time, he has another song called Some Girls and it's parentheses, Just Like to Dance with Women or something like that. And the lyrics are literally things like, ooh, girl, you and your friend are so hot dancing together. I just want to get between you. And it's just like this weird, creepy, like... Oh, God. Night uh, at the Roxbury? (laughs) Night at the Roxbury, like, you know, lesbians are hot for men to watch kind of vibe. And I was just like, ugh. Anyway. never understood that, like, do straight guys understand that, like, lesbians... Don't care about them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. It was just, it was such a funny, like, it was so interesting to listen to it and be like, wow. And think about, like, Tattoo and... (gasps) uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. All the things she said. All the things she said. Remember when they came out with the cover of How Soon Is Now? Yes. Which was, you know, the theme from From Charmed. Charmed. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was all, I had that downloaded on Napster. Tattoos <laughs> Lime version. Wire. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. That takes me back. I You're welcome. L- thought J.C. Chazé was always the hottest one. He is, and he was the best singer. So it's so weird to me that his career wasn't as big as Justin's. I know. It's just like Kevin from Backstreet Boys. He, not Kevin. Oh, yeah, Kevin. He was the hottest one, and he's had such a good voice. And Yeah. You know? Uh, Did any of the Backstreet Boys have a solo career? Yeah, so Nick Carter. No, yeah, Nick Carter tried oh. for a minute. He has solo yeah. music. My friend, my friend Shannon, heard me say that she would kill me. She is like a Backstreet Boys fanatic. Loves the Backstreet Boys still to this day because they still perform together now. Did um, she go on and see their tour? Because they did. She has kids on the block. Absolutely. Backstreet Boys. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's been okay. multiple times. I'm sure. Um, so like fanatic for life, and uh, they all, in some way, most of them have had some sort of solo attempt in the middle but they're they're making music together these days so you know bsb backstreet's back all right all right <laughs> oh my goodness what about you uh, i don't really have much i uh just catching up on the shows i was already watching so white lotus and uh i'm gonna finish firefly lane after that i've heard a lot about this show called yellow jackets I haven't watched it yet oh, with Christina yeah. Ricci and some other folks I like. Yeah. It seems like it's good. So I, I might be watching that soon. Um, 
Well, should we get into the episode? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready too. Well, this week, 37. These are kind of short chapters for us. They are. I feel like this is going to be like just a little holiday mini-sode for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Just to wet your whistle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, when, when are we going to be back? We're going to be back in January, right? Yeah. So let's see. This is going to come out on the 22nd? Yeah. On the 22nd. So you'll see us again in January. Uh, I'll put it up on the episode description. I'm sure... N- n- not everyone is expecting a lot. All the TV shows, everything, unfortunately, takes their hiatus at this time to uh, to comply with capitalism and all of that if you don't <laughs> celebrate. I happen to love it because I'm a Christmas kind of gal, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we decorated. so we'll be back January 5th. Yes, January 5th. We decorated for... We got the we got a fake tree. Can you believe did I you? did it? You know me. I love a real tree, but I, I decided. I'm glad. I'm open. To a fake tree. I love my fake tree. It is really nice. It is really nice. I miss some things about the real tree, but... I don't miss the mess. You know, I almost, like, don't even mind the mess because I'm neurotic, so I'm on it so bad. Like, I, I water that baby like a maniac. I check it every day. I like, like, tending to it in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the pine needles aren't great for the dogs. I know that, but I also know my dogs have been chomping away at every little plastic, like flat fake needle that's falling too and i'm sure that's not great either so yeah i'll probably live (sighs) fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) all right chapter 37 performances in samara oh samara is the name of the girl in the ring oh i was gonna say that it sounded familiar when you said that yeah Hmm. Mm. well we are with it's a chapter icon of the golden lion or white lion of andor Mm-hmm. And that usually means, like, I thought it was going to be Elaine, because I was like, we're not flying back to Andor, but it's actually Nynaeve. Yeah. And Nynaeve is sitting there, looking at her hair, feeling miserable. It is not its normal color. She is not happy being a redhead. Mm-mm. She's not happy. She's not afraid to show it. <laughs> she mm-hmm. She knows it's necessity, but she's pouting right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, Brigida over there is just taken just fine to her new look. She's swinging her black braid around. She loves her cute, low-cut red dress. Nynaeve is very uncomfortable with it. As we know, mm-hmm. she's modest, to say the least. And Brigida, you know, strolls over in a, a dress that is showing her cleavage. And she says, basically, Nynaeve, chill out. Like, you're a woman. Be proud of it. Free yeah. the nipple. Nynaeve. <laughs> and Nynaeve is like, no thanks. Um, but she feels this like weird, I have to do what Brigida wants. I feel like I have to make her happy. So she kind of like takes her shawl off shyly. And Brigida is like, hmm, well, what if I told you I wanted an even lower cut? And Nynaeve is like, hell no. And she's like, well, what if I said I wanted it? And I said that we we're going to cut it lower. And that's just the way it's going to be. And she kind of, like, looks at her and doesn't say anything because Nynaeve is, like, afraid to oppose her. Right. Um, because not, like, something's going to happen, but she just feels like she's not allowed to. <laughs> I can dead it to her. So Brigida just keeps pushing it. And it's like, what if I have them paint you like a clown and <laughs> make you look like a fool? How about that? How would you like that? Mm-hmm. And we know how Nynaeve normally is. Yes. So she's tongue-tied, which is very bizarre, and killing her at the same time. 
Yes. And Brigitte is like, okay, I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. And she gives her like a, like a little like speech talking to and basically says, I am not so pitiful that I can't take care of myself and I can't have you being my shadow doing everything I say for me before I even ask for it. It's driving me crazy and it's demeaning and it's not okay. Yeah. And she's like, but I'm making up for what I did. And she's like, hello, <laughs> hello. I just told you, I did it. Nothing you did. No no blame. And they go back and forth for a while because Nynaeve, Nynaeve is a dog with a bone. She cannot get past it. No. She can't. She refuses. Brigida is very firm with her. And Brigida is really persistent. But for me, I, I would have just given up. I would have been like, yeah. whatever, be upset. But Brigida's yeah. like, this is ridiculous. And she knows that she has to travel with her. So she's not dealing with this. And she's like, if, if the reverse had happened, if you had been killed and I had seen it happen, I would have not blamed myself because we both did what we could. We were both brave. And Nynaeve says, when we do our act, if you miss with your arrow, I'll understand. Yeah, so dramatic. <laughs> dramatic. And I was like, honestly, if she misses with her arrow, you don't have a choice but to understand because you're probably dead. Yeah. By the way. But it, it, Birgitta is really frustrated. And she's like, I, I liked you once, but I don't like you as you are now. Mm. And you taking responsibility for my actions is not going to work. And I've always found women in the past to have tempers of snow ghosts, but this is ridiculous. And then Eva's like, I don't know what that is, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, I wish we could just be friends again like we were. And Brigida says, quote, I would like to like you again, whether you return the liking or not, but cannot until you are yourself again. I could live with you, a milk-tongued, sniveling wretch, if that was what you were. I take people as they are, not as I would like them to be, or else I leave them. But that is not what you are, and I will not accept your reasons for playing at it. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that sentence. I take people as they are, not as I would like them to be. Yeah. What a, gonna... what a lesson. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Sheesh. She teases her um, and says, you know, if you don't listen, I've heard about what's kind of gone on here and about your little scuffles. So uh, I'll, I'm not below fighting you to get you to, to submit. And I kind of know how to. And I'm sure I would have help. And Nynaeve is just like grating her teeth, grating her teeth. But she's like, I would deserve it. And, Brig and Brigida could tell, like, she's getting to her. And she's like, yeah. oh, is that a temper I see? <laughs> and she starts yelling at her to really, like, drive the point home. She's like, okay, I finally got her. And she says, um, Nynaeve will have to see the light or she will end up driving Nynaeve away because she's stuck with Elaine for life now. Not stuck with her, essentially, but she's going to fulfill this honor and she won't put up with this. So get with the getting or I will make your life a living hell. Because I'm not going to put up with your pouting. And she dismisses her and tells her on her way out, now curtsy like a good girl as she's leaving. And mm. Nynaeve is just like, just about had it. She is like really fighting with herself in her head now. Like this is so disrespectful. But she grumbles her way out into the, you know, over to the crowd, uh, over to the front curtains of the menagerie. She storms in and it's, you know, in business so there's a crowd all the small stages are around it's described really cool like all the different stages there's a huge like anaconda several 
body length long snake, but it's sleeping. So it's, I don't know if it's even real. Um, <laughs> there's a co- koala type animals. I'm guessing from the description. Yeah, that's kind of um, well. Either that or pandas. I wasn't because they described them as having like black and white faces, right? I th- well, there was there were other bears that had black and white, that had white faces. The ones that were on top of the 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 balls. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The, yeah, and and then there's like dogs doing flips and the boar horses and the serretta and all that. So it's a real it's a real happening show. Um, Tom is, by the way, I was wondering what he's going to do now that he's not, you know, shooting knives at any of, but. He's now a fire eater juggler guy. <laughs> no big deal. Just something yeah. else he does. Um, Nynaeve makes her way to the front. She's pushing past people, pushing past to get to Luca. Um, and when she's up front with Luca, she looks to her other side and she sees a man with a facial scar and a top knot that looks villainous. Mm. And instantly, I was like, I know who this is. <laughs> So Jewy Lin then staggers around in front of the crowd, very drunk. Uh, I thought he was just putting on a show, like pretending to be drunk, because, yeah. you know, then he was going to get up on the tightrope and be safe, because, you know, Elaine's going to channel and everything's going to be a big show, right? But uh, actually, he's actually just really drunk. And he gets up there, and he, like, kind of staggers around, and Nandiv is looking really scared, but he's actually perfected the art of the tightrope over all this time. Um, and there's no channeling involved. He just, you know, kind of stumbles around on the tightrope a little bit. Everyone's kind of scared. He, I think, kind of falls and grabs onto it or crawls on it or something. It's a big sloppy show, and everyone loves it. Then uh, Elaine pops out, and she's in sort of like a what I imagine to be Elton John bedazzled white suit extravaganza. <laughs> really stupid point of clarification. Joey Lynn's not drunk, because remember, at the very end, he, like, comes down, and, like, he and Val and Luca, like, bow, and, and everybody sort of, like, has a moment where they're like, oh, it was all part of a, like, Act. shtick. Okay, yeah. so my initial inclination was correct. Correct, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, no channeling involved. He just managed yeah. to stay up there, even though he kind of, like, made himself look like a buffoon. Yeah. So Elaine is out here. Uh, Nynaeve hates her outfit, even similarly to her own, but only because she's wearing pants and how... I mean, can you imagine a woman in pants? It reminds her of men, and that, that just simply won't do. So, yeah. <laughs> scandal. Um, Elaine performs her usual best, pops up there, sprightly, hops around, runs across. She's doing cartwheels, I think, at some point. Nynaeve is, like, holding her breath the whole time, but she's learned that they just kind of learned how to do it from practicing so much with the power that they don't need it to do it anymore. They're not mm-hmm. channeling because they don't want Mageddon to find them. Smart. Yeah. So uh, I was very impressed. Yeah. Once the whole show is done, they climb down. Everyone takes a deep breath. Uh, Tom was watching her like a proud papa. And the one-eyed man says uh, nearby to Nynaeve, to no one in particular, face like a bloody queen. Burn me for a sheep-gutted farmer, but she's flaming well brave enough for a bloody queen. <laughs> And Nynaeve is like, what a filthy effing mouth. But then she's like, wait, I think I know that filthy effing mouth. (laughs) And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Well, my chapter picks up right where yours left off. It is chapter 38. It is titled An Old Acquaintance. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very brief chapter. But we're still with Nynaeve, and she is heading after the man with the filthy mouth, uh, who we know is Uno. 
and uh, she has to kind of push her way through the crowds to catch up to him. And she finally does. And she's like, I remember you from Faldara. You're Uno, right? And you were with Rand. And he very quickly, like, snags her and, like, drags her away from the crowds. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, these people are all obsessed with Rand. And if they heard that you knew him uh, and, like, grew up with him, they would, like, tear you apart just to, like, kiss the hem of your dress. Right. I was surprised she even said her own name. Yeah. I'm, I agreed. Yes. So uh, she... In their, like, exchange, she has to remind him several times to watch his language, and because uh, <laughs> we know every other mouth, word out of his mouth is a swear. Mm-hmm. But she's like, maybe if you just, like, he, like, practically goes apoplectic <laughs> trying to, like, hold in the curse words. So she's like, what if you just did it every other sentence? And then... <laughs> She can, like, kind of tell that he is, like, counting every sentence so that he knows when he can swear again. Yeah, and she's like, this is not working. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So he basically tells her that there's, like, rumors around. Like, he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of you. I'll keep you safe. I'll get you where you need to go. And she's like, why do men always think women need to be rescued? But he tells her, you know, that he's heard rumors that the... Uh, Amerlin has been deposed and is like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get you out of Gaelden. Maybe I can get you to Tear. And uh, she's like, listen, I don't need you to take care of me, but do you know if there's like a boat coming downriver that we can get on? And he's like, I don't know, but uh, Mesema probably knows. Uh, and we know Mesema is the prophet of the dragon, the one who is like whipping up the fervor of the people in the area. He's like, he can probably get you a boat, uh, or, you know, heck, he could probably even have people build you a boat at this point. Uh, And Nynaeve is kind of a little reluctant to get uh, involved with the Prophet, because uh, between the trouble that he's been causing and the trouble that the White Cloaks are stirring up, she's like, I really don't want to cause any more drama, I just need to get out of here. But the chapter kind of, like, wraps up with her being like, all right, let's let's go see Mesema. And they head to see him. And that's the end of the very, very short chapter that I had. I know. I was surprised, though, with uh, to see Mesema be the prophet. Yes. Yeah. I thought we—I was trying to remember if we knew that already. I didn't remember that, if we knew that, for sure. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, because he—remember at the—sort of the second and third—I guess the third book, really, you see him getting kind of, like, more and more um, fervent and, like— weird uh at the beginning of the book when all of the shianarans and rand and perrin are up in the mountains Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. kind of at the beginning of the book before rand uh runs away from everybody yeah um so yeah he's he's hashtag obsessed (laughs) he's hashtag obsessed (laughs) Uh, Um, what was uh what was your favorite part Well, my chapter, even though it didn't have a lot of action, it had a lot of description of, like, the circus acts and, like, the other menageries and things like that. So I just—Robert Jordan does a really excellent job at writing atmosphere, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just loved—I really liked the sort of description of the different circus acts and the the vibe of the people in the crowd, because you just kind of, like, get this sense of a lot of—what's the word I'm looking for— like, it's just very bustling, and it's very tense. Like, there's a tension and a bustle in the air yeah. uh, around the menagerie, aside from, you know, the fact that they're, they think 
Magedian is like gonna be there any minute. Like there's just like a weird tension uh, regardless. And so I just kind of like the the way he writes the atmosphere in these two chapters. Yeah. What about you? I think I'm pretty similar. I really just loved the description of what was going on in the menagerie. Even when like Nynaeve is brought outside by Uno and they describe another menagerie nearby and stuff. Yeah. It's just cool to hear about this sort of weird part of the society that yeah. we've never heard of before. And it, it feels like it fits in, even though it's so mm-hmm. strange. Um, and I really enjoyed just hearing like all the descriptions like of all the outfits everyone was wearing. And mm-hmm. the again, the atmosphere, it felt like almost like a surreal sort of walking through a whimsical, crazy, fun environment, but mm-hmm. having that, like, high, high tension, that, like, weird contrast between the this fun environment of, like, a circus, basically. Right. But, like, right. that, like, secret tension, it's so, like, macabre and, like... It, it makes me think of, like, in movies and TV shows when they want to distort reality. So they, like, yes. start spinning the camera and, like, making everything sounding like it's running out of batteries, you know? Like Moulin Rouge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Moulin Rouge, that kind of, like, dark, topsy-turvy. It even reminded – did you see the movie um, Us? Was it Us it's called? Oh, with the scissors? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, remember the carnival scenes? Yes. At the beginning and end, it's, like, dark, but out of carnival, yes, but, yes, like, that yes. really dark setting because they're looking for her, um, and then later like, going to the beach. It, it reminded me of that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that's totally. it. All right, everyone. Heading into the holiday, please remember that Cool Story is an indie podcast, and if you enjoy listening to us and think others might, too, maybe the best gift you can give them is... <laughs> Or the best you can give us is to rate and review our podcast, because that's how you, other people are really going to find it. Yes, and uh, it is the time of year to give gifts to other people, so give them the gift of our podcast and tell them to go listen to it. That's right. And then, gift yourself the gift of our social media. <laughs> We're Cool Story Pod on Instagram. Uh, also on, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, we're CoolStoryPod1. You can email us at CoolStoryPod at gmail.com. Say hi. Yeah. And if you do want another gift for yourself, because you should treat yourself, is our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash nnmat. We review movies, we play games, we are about to record uh, a review of the truly, uh, almost indescribable movie The Room starring Tommy Wiseau so uh, you should definitely subscribe to our Patreon. I am dying to hear your takes on it. Yeah. Dying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want another way to support us in the meantime while you're waiting for that room episode, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash nnmat. And thanks for listening to Cool Story. We'll see you in January. See you in January. Bye. Bye. Bye.